Hey, I'm David. This is my lovely wife, Joanna. And there's the Queen's Wave! David and Joanna at virtualchurchmedia.com. And you're in a live audience. Everybody say hello. Hello! <laughs> if you're ever in the Orlando area on a Wednesday night, 7 p.m., come join us. We have worship before we go live. And we also have a time of prayer and some other things. So you're welcome to come. Just let us know and we'll get you the secret address. <laughs> Last week and the week before, and this week, so for three weeks, we're doing a three-part series on hindrances. Hindrances to prayer or hindrances that are spiritual, number one. Hindrances that are emotional, number two. And hindrances that are physical, number three. And so the enemy tries to bring hindrances to us so that we get derailed or delayed in fulfilling our destiny. His greatest goal is to derail us or to delay us from ever fulfilling our destiny. His greatest desire is that we miss our destiny and we miss heaven. The good news is because we are learning about the hindrances, we're no longer ignorant of the enemy's devices. So, two weeks ago, spiritual hindrances. If you want to go back, you can look at that. Last week, emotional hindrances. And this week, we're on physical hindrances. And these show up in a number of different ways. My wife will be talking about physical hindrances on spirits of infirmity and those types of things. And I'm going to be talking about physical hindrances such as getting thrown in jail. <laughs> that can hinder you. <laughs> but revival can break out inside the prison. That's true. So uh, let's just go ahead and re-address what the definition of a hindrance is. The definition of a hindrance is a thing that provides resistance, delay, or destruction to something or someone. A hindrance to the development process is also a hindrance. We don't want to be stymied in our development, our emotional development, our spiritual development, or our physical development. God wants us to develop at the speed of purpose, and he doesn't want us to be hindered. Uh, what could be some physical hindrances to, say, healing or health? Three areas we're going to cover today are dealing with a hindrance that's physical, even though it starts in the spiritual, you'll feel it in the physical. It's a spirit of infirmity. It's a demon. Yeah. Jesus said this woman whom Satan hath bound low these 18 years is loosed from this infirmity this very day. So you can get delivered from a spirit of infirmity that can set you free from of physical hindrances. So sometimes they work hand in glove or one is in the realm of the spirit, but it attaches to your body and causes a Satan, come out of him. Or you deaf and dumb spirit, come out. Jesus said to the man who was deaf and dumb, and the man who was deaf and dumb began to both speak and hear. So what caused his physical hindrance to him being able to speak and share the love of God, to preach the gospel, to communicate, to work in the marketplace? said he would have to sign because he couldn't speak. And then he'd have to have them sign back because he couldn't hear. The minute, boom, you spirit, you deaf and dumb spirit. One spirit had two different manifestations in his physical body. He became deaf and he was unable to speak. Boom. We've seen a lot of deaf ears that the Lord has opened up in our services where we go. And uh, when people get their hearing back, it's a game changer for them. Sometimes the husband will say, well, don't tell the wife I can hear this well. 
<laughs> you heard about the guy who uh, got his earring back and told the doctor, don't tell anybody. And then two weeks later, he changed his will because he found out what his family members were actually saying about him. <laughs> so uh, never know when somebody's going to get healed or around strong believers. So that's the spirit of infirmity. Not treating your body as the holy temple of the living God. You can't live on a dozen Krispy Kremes for breakfast every day and expect not to look like one after a while, <laughs> right? So we have to treat our body. And one of the reasons why we um, have physical hindrances in the area of our appetites and we don't treat our bodies correctly is we don't think we're worthy. Self-hatred, uh, food can become a comfort. Comfort food, I've eaten food. As comfort <coughs> and you know none of these things uh, you know especially in the Christian community because we don't drink smoke or chew or go with girls we do we have plenty of donuts and bagels and pizza <laughs> right so that's our replacement you want to talk about replacement theology that's replacement theology because the world they're eating their organic stuff and going to the gym because they want to look good so they can drink smoke and chew and go with girls who are willing to do, right? In this situation, we don't do that. So instead of living the right lifestyle, we have a tendency to get our comfort outside of what was healthy for our body. And that can become a physical hindrance. We've been in uh, churches where people come up in prayer lines and we pray for them. And their problem is not miracle prayer. I mean, God will touch and he'll heal and he'll deliver people from, from pain. But if there's no lifestyle change, it's far easier to steward the body we have than to wreck it and then to try to get it healed and restored. And even if God restores us each time, we have a tendency to get the body back out of alignment by physical hindrances. So what are one of the physical hindrances? Our own hand with a fork. Okay. Our own hand with a drink. Our own hand with the Twinkie factory. This is what it is, right? So the next thing is uh, being wise in your own eyes and not shunning evil. That's a physical hindrance where we think we know it all and we're not willing to listen to wise counselors. My wife's going to come and sit down. She's going to participate. And I'm going to share one more verse about physical hindrances before we get started. And this is more of in the physical realm that this happens. So, the Apostle Paul was hindered. Here's an interesting verse in uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.16, uh, where they forbid us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved. They forbid them to preach the gospel. That's a physical hindrance where you're forbidden. It says, but we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not on earth. They were actually taken away and moved out. You cannot preach here. We're going to lock you up. And here's the interesting thing, verse 18. Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul the Apostle, once and again, but Satan hindered us. So Satan can hinder us spiritually, emotionally, also physically. The word hindered us here in the original Greek language of the New Testament is the word to break up the road to where we cannot pass. You ever been going down to the highway recently? We were doing a TV pre-screening, I think, for Jesus Revolution. It'll come out in 2023. And so we were at a church, and some people were invited for the pre-screening. And there was an accident on the road. And there was torrential rain. And a lot of people didn't show up. And so, or they showed up late. Because they couldn't get there. They were hindered by an accident on the road and by torrential rain. And some people turned back and said, it's just not worth it. Other people pressed through and saw the screen. Some of those and people were And we had a lightning, a major lightning storm and thunder right over the church. And so it knocked out all the electricity in the entire building like a couple times. So that's, that's a hindrance, right? That's a spiritual hindrance. And spiritual showed up in the natural and it showed up as physical. Second mm -hmm. Corinthians eleven twenty three. this is the Apostle Paul again speaking. We're talking about physical hindrances. 
Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I'm more in labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. Stripes are a cat of nine tails, 39 stripes on your back. Your body is shredded because of pieces of bone and metal and that cat of nine tails. Sometimes the flesh is torn from your face. You're missing hair, chunks of hair. You're shredded in your back. Paul got that on five occasions. I would say that that was a little bit of a physical hindrance to preaching the gospel. Um, and uh, of the Jews, five times I received uh, 40 stripes. So in, in stripes abundant above measure. In prisons more frequently, he got locked up for the gospel. That's a physical hindrance. And identify with that somewhat. Um, three times I was beaten with rods. That's where they, there's different ways they beat you with rods. They can beat them on your back, break your ribs and stuff like that. A lot of times what they'll do is they'll put your, your feet up in stocks like this. So your feet are like this and your, your legs are, and then they take rods and they beat your feet and they break all the bones in the bottom of your feet. And then what they do is they unstock you and then they drag you outside the city and they close the doors to allow the robbers to do what they want with you. And you can't really do a lot of defense because you're physically in trauma and you can't walk because all your bones are broken in your feet. But God would heal Paul in between these things supernaturally. Once he was stoned to death, left for dead, and they prayed around him for a couple hours and God raised him from the dead. He went back and preached again. And so, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I was suffered shipwrecked. Uh, night and day I've been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils and waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils of the sea, perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, and in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without, those things which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak and I'm not weak? Who is offended? I'm not, I don't burn... If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmity. Paul finishes up by saying this light affliction. He calls it a light affliction. I mean, we get a hangout. We're upset. We want to tell somebody to call a prayer line. Pray for my hangout. Oh, God, this is so terrible. Go get a manicure. Click on that for me. We got beaten with rods. Hangout. Persecuted. They call me Bible thumper. <laughs> Go ahead, take over. I'm, I'm in the weeds on this one. <laughs> no, but you have a point, though, you know, because a lot of times, you know, the, the spirit, especially right now in our current culture, it's all about, I'm offended. You know, <laughs> you are my feelings. And so, you know, you compare that kind of mentality to what the, what the Christians went through, you know, where, what Dave was just talking about. You know, he was beat with a cat and nine tails. And so, you know, the, and, and this mentality also is a part of a victim mentality. The enemy has really gotten the church to come into agreement. Which is an emotional hindrance. With, right. Which is a hindrance. And that also plays out in, in other areas of our life, like a physical hindrance. You know, so part of what we're going to teach tonight is about if we're not getting answers to our prayers... There's a reason we're not getting the answer. Because Psalm 107.20, and go, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Psalm 107.20 or write it down for meditation for this week. He sent out his word and healed them, and he delivered them out of their destruction. I'm going to repeat it again. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So God sends out his word. So his word is alive. It's active. And in Ephesians 6, chapter, uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, 12 through 22, it talks about that the word of God is a sword. It's a double-edged sword, sharper than a double-edged sword. Now, I've never seen a double-edged sword, but that, that's two blades on, on one thing. And so, so why then are we not getting our prayers answered? So David mentioned earlier when we started Number one, it could be a spirit. It could be a demonic activity that's coming against you. And like, for example, if you look at the book of Job in the Old Testament, the God allowed Satan to afflict Job. He killed his cattle. He killed his kids. He afflicted him with horrible boils his whole, and, and an infirmity. 
all in an attempt to make Job say, curse God and die. And that's what his wife even said to him. And so we have to be strengthened in learning to hear God's word and learning to understand what we're reading so that we're not little babies. Oh, I'm offended. Oh, my God. Are you not answering my prayers? Oh, help me, Jesus. That's, that's not coming out of a place of victory that God's called us to. And so in Luke, uh, you go ahead and write this down because we're going to go over this. So Luke chapter 13 in the New Testament, verses 10 through 13. So I'm going to read this to you guys. This is a very poignant verse. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. A what? A spirit, spirit of infirmity. Dispute. Yep. For 18 years, Ugh. she had a spirit of infirmity and nobody could help her. No doctors, no therapists, no practitioners, nobody. And she was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. So she was crippled. So she's a hunchback cripple, and that's how she'd been for 18 years because of the spirit of infirmity. But when Jesus saw her, he called to her and called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Isn't that powerful? Okay, so why aren't we seeing that in our lives if we're not? Then one of the reasons could be it's it's demonic. It's an actual demon that is afflicting you and causing this problem. So no matter how many tests you get, no matter how many chiropractors you go to, no many doctors you see, like the woman, it's not going to be healed. Why? Because it's demonic. You want to answer that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so one out of four healings that are recorded in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that Jesus performed, one out of four, 25% dealt with an evil spirit attached to the sickness. So if you're in the healing ministry, you're going to run into demons about one out of four times you pray for the sick. Say that one more time. So in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, of the recorded miracles that Jesus performed in those three Gospels, 25% of the healings that Jesus performed, he dealt with an evil spirit, a spirit of infirmity that had bound this woman 18 years. You deaf and dumb spirit, this woman whom Satan hath bound, remember the woman with the blood issue, so these different types of things. There was a, man, a young boy, a spirit of epilepsy would toss him about and throw him into the fire. And so we want to give people drugs. Jesus may want us to cast it out. And drugs may control the problem, but it doesn't heal the root and set the captive free. So I don't know about you, but... I don't want to be controlled by pill bottles. I just don't. And if you've got to be on medication for a season, pray that God will give you a path off. Which we're going to talk about. And um, I also want to encourage our online family. Um, before we started, we had our, our scripture meditation and our time of just being quiet and, and really just training our body and our mind to be still in God's presence. Because if we're so busy doing everything, we can't, we can't hear correctly. And so I want to encourage you guys online right now, because we're doing it here tonight on live. Um, I want you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, as we're talking about this, as we're going over these scriptures, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what the hindrance is for you as we're going over these things. And Whether it's spiritual, yeah. emotional, or physical. Right. And, um, and I'm going to say a quick prayer for you guys right now um, and just break off anything that might be hindering you from hearing God's voice. Because sometimes there's something blocking us from even hearing God's voice or feeling his presence. And then we go, oh God, are you really there? Do you really hear my prayers? 
So Heavenly Father, right now, we just release your spirit. And I just thank you, Father, for breaking off every chain, breaking off every hindrance off of everybody's ears and off of their eyes in the name of Jesus. We come out of agreement with any thoughts that have not been pleasing to you, Lord. We repent and ask for forgiveness. And now, Lord, we give you permission to open our eyes, to open our ears, to change our hearts. We don't want to be the same as when we started tonight, Lord. So change us, God. And we thank you now for the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit going through the airwaves, going through the atmosphere, into our families, into our friends, into their families. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's powerful. Yeah. Be still and know that I'm God, he says, Psalms 4610. That was our one of our meditation verses tonight that came up before we went live. And sometimes we just have to cease from our own works so that God's work might begin. One of the things that I've learned is a hindrance to prayer when I'm in the prayer closet is me. The unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. Ever pray those prayers? <laughs> oh God, I want to know about this, and it's about me, and it's about myself, and it's about I, the unholy trinity. Will you serve us? Will you be that cosmic bell hop in the sky and answer my prayers because I need this and I need that? Instead of just being still. I believe that God often waits for us to get to the end of ourselves before he begins. And the quicker we can get to the end of ourselves, the faster we'll see him step onto the scene and do the work. Right. We have to cease from our own works. I didn't say cease from God's works. So Sometimes we're so busy doing our own works, we can't hear what God wants us to do as his work. Right. Because we're those who went, not those who have waited on God and then were sent. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I was talking yep. to a guy today and he said, you know, I've got to get back about what God called me to do. He said, I've been replacing the assignment of God with busy work for God. He said, yeah. I have to cease from my busy work and get back to the assignment and the work of God. Busy work can actually be a covering or a mask for disobedience. And it's a form of a, a physical hindrance because we're busy during these other things. And here's something the Holy Spirit highlighted for me as well, that it's, it can be really easy to fall into, especially, you know, when you're ministry or you're praying for people, you have their study, is you can pray for somebody, but you're praying out of yourself because that person has come up to pray and asked you, for, hey, can you pray for me? I'm really sick. So what do we do? We, we start praying. But, and I've done that, you know, I've just started praying without really hearing what God is really speaking to pray for that person. Can I share? Yeah. So when we ask the Lord for the combination, it will unlock the chains. Right. But when we don't ask the Lord, it's like trying this combo and that combo and applying this verse and that verse. Finally, we get to the end of ourselves. We're like, God, I don't know what to pray. Oh, good. Here's the root. Here's the key. Oh, that's so simple. And we pray that, boom, they're free because we have the combination locked by a rainbow word from God. Sometimes we just have to be still and wait for him to speak instead of us rambling off with all kinds of verses of scripture, which looks like good activity, but it's not God. And also being okay with saying, you know, let me see if I get something from the Lord for you right now. Mm -hmm. and, and if you don't, then just say, you know, I'm not getting anything for you right now, but I bless you and mm -hmm. and I pray for the Lord to speak to you. So because I've had to do that um, when I somebody wanted a word of knowledge and I, I wasn't getting anything. And I said to them, you know, I'm, I, I'm not hearing what I need to pray for you right now. And I don't just want to pray just to pray because I want it to be from the Lord. And they respected that. And so that takes emotional courage. We talked about emotional courage. And, that take, and that's okay. That's, that's being honest. And so number two in terms of what can be a physical hindrance is not treating your body as the holy temple of the living God. But what does that really mean? Okay, so we're going to unpack some scriptures here. So if you have your Bible or your phone, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 
verse 19 through 20. So that's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 through 20. And it says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Repeat that last portion. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now, I want to I talk about the word temple. It says that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, that was the temple. It was the holy of holies. And if you were unclean and you walked in that temple, you would be struck dead. And they'd pull you out and bury you. In the Holy of Holies, the Holy. where the Ark of the Covenant was. Yeah, it? where the Ark of the Covenant was. So here, uh, the Apostle Paul is telling us that our bodies are a temple. So what are some ways, and, and this, this is just food for thought, I want you guys to be thinking about, what are some ways that we dishonor our body and really are dishonoring the temple of God within us? Maybe it's being lazy to work out. Maybe it's going to bed too late. You know, maybe it's not eating the right foods or it's turning to comfort or, you know, whatever it is. Maybe it's, you know, your belief is in, in, the, in the doctors more than it is in God. Let's pause there for a second. And by the way, we've been guilty of right. one of these things. So <laughs> we're not, how we we're know not pointing this. a finger because there'd be three fingers pointing back at us. Right, so we take exactly. off the, the, the intensity of this moment while everybody's like we're real not quiet. I'm yeah. so sorry to yeah. tell you that yeah. right now. So, I can vouch for that. Only two perfect, me and me. And lately I've been wondering a little about this. So we're all in this together. But what did you just say about the doctor? Oh, yeah, this is very important. Because sometimes we can meet wonderful doctors. And God uses them in a powerful way. Mm-hmm. to save our life or diagnosis and you know even a medication or a naturopath or homeopathic physician or even a sports medicine doctor or a chiropractor and God uses them but he may not want to use that same person a second time because our faith in the God who led us to that person mm-hmm. now shifted from the God who led us to that person that person instead of God. Mm-hmm. Is that helpful at all? Yep. I had the Lord speak to me the other day and uh, regarding a matter I've been, you know, soldiering through for a few months. I'm just about this close to, to getting free. This uh, infirmity that's been in my flesh. And he spoke to me. No more modalities. Now I know what that meant. Because I got some modalities. I got frequency therapy mats. I got all kinds of cool stuff. I got the tools and the toys. And they've been great. And God, many years ago, used a device like that to help bring me out when nobody else could. But is my faith in the God who brought me that item, or is my faith now in the item instead of God? Which is an idol. And what does the word say? Thou shalt have no idols before me. No other gods before me. It's an idol. So what happens when our faith becomes misplaced in a person or a supplement or an adjustment or a food, a potion, pill, lotion? If I just do this this many times, it's going to work, and then it doesn't. Or cosmetic surgery. <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying that with a critical spirit. It's being in that place where when you look at, at yourself in the mirror... <clears throat> It's not you don't you don't like what you see. It's it's not good enough, or you you feel ugly, or you feel old, or you feel whatever it is, and and so it's not it's not honoring the temple that God has given you, which is our body, which is beautiful, and it is created in the image of God. And by the way, we're not saying whether you should get plastic surgery, whether you shouldn't. No. It's your face, do with it whatever you want. Okay, <laughs> that's between you and God. We, so we're not making a judgment here, but why? Do you want that is the question. Are you still trying to live the glory days? Are you still trying to turn the clock back? 
I think we should have good outward appearance, good cosmetic, you know, what for good sanitary, what's up? I think you should brush your teeth and comb your hair. Hygiene, thank you. I think you should have good hygiene, okay? But if your whole world revolves around that instead of your calling or it becomes primary instead of something added unto you, it becomes almost a physical hindrance and an idol from going to fulfill the call of God on your life. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's challenging for women. I didn't know women battled this. My wife obviously is a triple pageant winner and I'm blessed to be married to her, right? <laughs> and we're going out and she's like, well, I've got to put on some makeup, I've got to get my hair right and this and that. I'm like, just throw on some jeans and a t-shirt, let's go. <laughs> I don't get it, right? right? You know, but if it came to, let's go have fun. No, I've got to finish this job. Why? Because we need to make a living so that we can go on living. So my assignment's a little bit different as safety and security, and her assignment is ministering to women and, and looking really good while she does it. But there's a balance. And so why are you doing it? And is that reason emotional, identity-based, a physical hindrance, where you're physically hindering yourself from fulfilling the assignment of God? I don't know if this is helpful at all, but... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so this brings us to the next scripture. Um, so go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And it's verse 16 through 17. So that's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and through 17. And it says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? So this is telling us that God's spirit actually dwells within us, in our midst. Mm -hmm. Then it says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. I want to share this. Yeah. A, a prophet friend of mine, Prophet Rob, he was actually the, the, the pastor slash, you know, officiate at our wedding. I mean, mm -hmm. we're dear friends with him. We were just on his TV broadcast out in California in May. And Rob, and you, you don't, you've never seen Rob this way, but, you know, 15 years ago, Rob was big. I mean, not tall, but big. And he wanted to get into international ministry. And the Lord told him, I want to send you into international ministry. But at your current weight, you won't last. I can't send you. So you're domestic until you get the temple in shape. And so Rob at his church went on the biggest loser campaign. And he was the biggest loser at his church. He lost about 100 pounds. And the whole church went from tortillas and ice cream to eating healthy and exercising. And today, Rob's still in great shape, you know, years later. And God has sent him around the world. But what was the hindrance for him from being able to fulfill his call? There was 100 pounds in the way. And so sometimes people say, well, God, why won't you do this? Because we won't grow emotionally, we won't grow spiritually, or we won't take authority over things physically. And we're not fighting the devil, we're fighting our fork. We got to do some pushaways. I don't know why we're on the subject, but you know this is the third week. We haven't touched on this, but it's significant. I mean, the Lord's dealt with me on this. You know, I remember saying to the Lord one time, "Lord, why am I so tired when I wake up in the morning? Why, why can't I sleep through the night? I need to know the answer to this. Why do I wake up tired and why can't I sleep?" So at one thirty in the morning, the next night I'm asleep and an angel speaks to me. I didn't see the angel. Remember, I asked a question and God answered. Are you listening? And he said these words to me. Just don't eat late at night. <laughs> wow. Oh, no. I'm like, oh my gosh. But see, we don't drink, smoke, or chew, or go with girls who do. So comfort food became my date. And so I began going on ministry trips and I'd go, you know, preach, you know, Friday, Saturday day, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, Sunday morning, you know, that's five services. And the services aren't the 15 minute sermonette for the Christian app. I'm talking about three hour services. 
And so that's a lot of preaching that I'm spent. And on Friday night, the pastor afterwards with his wife, let's go out to IHOP. And I'm not talking about International House of Prayer. <laughs> and we would get there and I'd be hungry. And so I'd order you know, something that would be quick. Give me that hot chocolate with the whipped cream. And now my body would have sugar back in it. Instead of taking like some amino acids and a protein bar and some tea, which would be smart, I went with you know white sugar and extra whipped cream because it looked good. Then I would order the pancakes, right? <laughs> With the extra, but I would get organic maple syrup. <laughs> Supersize the fries, you know. So my point is, then I'd go back to the hotel and I'd go to sleep. And I couldn't sleep, then I'd wake up and I'd be lethargic. Well, we better have some caffeine now. So now we need some coffee to help perk us up. But it's not sweet enough. It's bitter, so let's add some sugar. You see the cycle? Mm -hmm. It's very subtle. It's subtle. And we do it with our own fork, our own spoon, with our own wallet, with our own credit cards. And we do it under the auspices of fellowship with people. So what I began telling ministers was this. I began telling them, oh, I really appreciate the offer. If you'd like, we can meet for breakfast at 6 a.m. <laughs> and they'd be like well how about how about eight and i knew they'd be showing up around nine at that point because they were going to ihop or denny's or whatever it was and my point is this once i had that word of wisdom from the lord just don't eat late at night as long as i've obeyed that word i sleep a lot better and i wake up with a lot more energy and so the physical hindrance was me. So I'm sharing with you where the spiritual hindrance or the physical or the physical hindrance might be might be the person in the mirror. And don't blame the devil. And don't show up to the healing line wondering why you feel the way you feel. You did it. Repent and don't eat late at night and make better choices. Well, and, and there's also that, and there's also um, ways of defiling our temple, our body, through sexual perversion. And let me say something real quick. Mm -hmm. If you've got to eat food late at night, and that's your comforter to keep you free from sexual perversion, you make a better choice. <laughs> you can go to heaven, Abby. <laughs> but I don't think this is touched upon this part right now but I wanted to just kind of throw it out there for you guys to pray about because you know it's not just a food thing and how we desecrate our bodies it's also a mental way that we desecrate our body the holy temple of God and it's also things that we do to our body so it could be pornography sexual perversion masturbation fantasy that is ungodly um it could be cutting you know wh whatever it is entertainment gambling right. the list goes on and on and on right. And so, and obviously there's a deeper root of all those things. And so the Lord says that he wants us to be free. And, and that freedom comes when we surrender all of this to him. When we invite him into that place. Romans uh, chapter 12, if you turn to that, we're going we're gonna to go into this one. Kind of, It ties into this. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. So you see, he's merciful. The devil will get you locked into shame, guilt, and condemnation, you know, for hang-ups and addictions and things that we have. But here, he's urging us, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship so this is also a form of worship unto the lord by our bodies sanctifying our bodies as a holy living sacrifice as an act of worship unto him i've never thought about it like that have you and then it goes on in verse two do not conform to the pattern of this world so there's a pattern we can get stuck in don't conform to it he says but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Let's say that again. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Isn't this powerful? Yeah. So when do we are able to discern or recognize God's good, acceptable, and perfect will, the good, the better, the best, the 30, 60, 100-fold harvest, is when we presented our body as a living sacrifice. We get transformed through the renewing of our mind, and now we're in a position to begin to hear his voice. Right. Interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So the physical hindrances, doing pushaways and putting the fork down, is one tool. Then getting in the Bible and begin to study the 66 books between two fine Corinthian leather covers, let God speak to us out of it, and wherever we're not in agreement with the Word, we allow the Word to transform us. Can I add something really quick? Yeah. And um, when I first started in my journey with the Lord and reading the Bible, I couldn't, I couldn't understand what I was reading. It was like something was blocking me from, re from understanding what I was reading. And so if that's you tonight, I want you to pray and ask God to break off whatever is blocking you from understanding the scripture. Because that is a spiritual hindrance and it's the enemy trying to block you from really being transformed during the renewing of your mind. So it's really simple. You just say, Jesus, I ask you to break this hindrance off me spiritually so I can understand and read the Bible. And open my mind that I might see what you have for me within the Word. So we bind and break off the enemy. We ask God to open our mind to the mind of Christ. And then he'll give us revelation. So, pretty exciting. Present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And then, be not conformed to this world. We choose not to do one thing. Instead, we get transformed through the renewing of our mind, through the washing of the water of the word, that we might know what is the good and the acceptable and perfect will of God. Right. And God doesn't have three wills. It's his triune will. Mm -hmm. And so I want to I give you guys this scripture. Zephaniah 3.17. So write this down. Zephaniah 3.17. This, this has been one of my life scriptures that every time I'm, ha I'm in a difficult place or there's something that I need to work through, then I read the scripture. And it says, Zephaniah 3.17, For the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. And he will quiet you with his love and rejoice over you with singing. So you can be rest assured, no matter what the struggle is, when you present that before God, he is with you and he is mighty to save. No matter what, he's mighty to say. I really sense that the Holy Spirit wants us to hear this as we start to wrap up. Mm -hmm. That whatever you're going through, mm -hmm. when your mind is fixed on him, he'll bring you through. Because he's the God. He's the Romans 8.28 God who causes all things to work together for good for those that are called according to purpose who love him. So it's not that things work together for good for you, it's that God works those things together for good. So when things look like they're going bad, we have to feed on the goodness of God who's about to turn it around. When things happen with us, we're like, you know, sometimes we get rattled, or we're like, I can't believe they did that. What happened? We bind the devil, this and that, and then all of a sudden we finally get through our emotional offense or hurt or shock or dismay or anger or frustration or whatever feelings we might have because we have to pray through those. These are real. We don't deny them. We process through them privately inside the home, preferably in prayer closet, not publicly on Facebook. You ever see people get into Facebook wars? You're like, what, what are they doing? They don't have a prayer life. <laughs> so when we pray through, then we feed on the goodness of God. God, how are you going to turn this around? Where are you at in this moment? Right? And then we start to get the mind of Christ and we see things a completely different way. Then God shows up and shows out. Had these things not happened, he wouldn't have been able to reposition us for something even greater. Because it's his nature. He's the God who says, nevertheless, which means he's the God of always the more to me. So whatever happens, 
regardless of how bad it is, the goodness of God, he brings you out and he gives you double for your trouble as you stay single-minded on him. Instead of getting derailed in your destiny, focused on what they did, what he said, what she said, what happened, what you lost, God, how are you going to turn it around and restore my coffers and refill them? So lean, lean into him and his nature, and if you do, faith will bring his character and his nature to pass. If you lean away from his nature and look at the circumstances, that's where your faith is at, is in the circumstances, and they'll grow bigger. So it doesn't matter what happens, he's the God that turns it around. He's the God that loves to cause his children to be brought out with mighty outstretched arm. Is that helpful at all? Yes. Okay. Right? I think we're going to wrap it up. So in the last three weeks, hindrances to prayer. Number one, spiritual hindrances. Number two, emotional hindrances. And this week we're on physical hindrances. And so if you're dealing with a physical ailment, we thank God for exercise and the supplements and forgiving people and all these other things. You might be dealing with a spirit of infirmity that's in your flesh. Ask the Lord to reveal it, how it got in and cast it out. And you say, well, what did I do to get it? Sometimes it's not what you did wrong to get it. Sometimes it's what you did right. Yeah, if you look at uh, Daniel, the Old Testament, for 21 days he fasted and prayed, but he had no response from heaven, zero. And then finally an angel came to him and said, oh, we were hindered in the heavenlies by the prince of Persia. God heard your prayers and they're answered, but we had to fight the battle. So sometimes it's a battle that we're fighting, and it's nothing we did wrong, it's nothing you know that we're desecrating in ourselves, it's that we are doing the right thing, and the enemy's not happy, so it's a battle for us. Sometimes it's a test of time, but we have need of patience, Hebrews 10.35 says, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So sometimes you have to press through, this thing is rigged for us to win if we don't give up. Because he's the God who works everything together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So are we going to look at the circumstances or are we going to look at the word of God that changes the circumstances? Why did this happen to me? You could say, why did it happen for me? The guy who uh, built all the Howard Johnsons, the guy that owned the construction company, he was a foreman on a job, and he was doing great. One day, the owner comes in and fires him, and he goes home, and he's depressed for 30 days. He doesn't know what to do. He's depressed. And finally, his wife comes in and says, hey, go start your own company. So I can't start my own company. I'm a foreman. I work for somebody. She says, yeah, an absentee owner. You did all the work anyway. You know how to run the company, go start your own. And he said, well, why did this happen to me? Go start your own company. It didn't happen to him, it happened for him. He ended up getting a job for one of the first Howard Johnsons. And then he ended up doing all of them, or the majority of them across the nation, became a multimillionaire. Somebody asked him, what was the worst thing that ever happened to you? He said, the worst thing or the best thing? They said, well, both. He said it was the same thing. <laughs> he says, what would you say to that man if you saw him today that fired you, you know, 30 years ago? He said, I can't even remember the guy's name. You imagine you work for somebody that fired you, that trauma. That's how much he'd been delivered. So don't worry about what happened to you as much as how is God going to turn it around for you. For he works all things together for good. Look, I did 20 years in federal prison. Look what happened to me. Oh no, God did that for me. I didn't get arrested. I got rescued. <laughs> didn't feel like it at the time. But I started my absolute surrender to God. It took 16 months to absolute surrender to him. But I started on the tarmac with a stolen jet and Mercedes Benz in a bag of cash when the feds came out of plane brains and automobiles and put guns in my face. And I did the absolute surrender sign. Oh yeah. 
But I didn't surrender to God yet. But eventually, I did to Him. So whatever the circumstances are, if they bring you into surrender to God, and you cease from your own works, that's when His works begin. And He always brings beauty from ashes. He turns it around, will give us double for our trouble, because He loves to vindicate His children and send them back with His love to help set the captives free. Let's pray. Yeah. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, we just all come before you as brothers and sisters and daughters and sons of the King of Heaven. And we just thank you for tonight, for your word. Your word is sharper than a double-edged sword, Lord, and it cuts bone and marrow. And so now, Lord, I pray for all of us, Lord, that you would reveal to us, speak to us this week, what we need to see. Open the eye of our heart, Lord God. And show us what the physical hindrances that are blocking our prayers from being answered. Why we're not seeing, if we're in that place, why we're not seeing the manifestation of a healing. Or the manifestation of answers to our prayers. And Lord, and we surrender that to you. So Lord, we have to come into a place where we are in your presence, at your feet. Earlier tonight, we talked about how Mary, when her brother Lazarus had died, and you came, Jesus, on the fourth day when he was dead, dead, dead. And she threw herself with total abandon and passion, and passion at your feet. And she said, Lord, if you'd only come yesterday sooner, he would have, he would have died. And she told, she poured her heart to him. That's all that Jesus wants. That's how you begin that relationship with, with God. If you've been in that place where you don't, you don't feel his presence that much, you don't think he's hearing you, guess what? Just pour your heart to him. And like I said earlier, break off anything that is blocking you, any demonic thing that's blocking you and hindering you from feeling his presence. And as you would ask the Holy Spirit to show you what the hindrance is, what do we do? We repent, which means to change our mind. And we ask God to forgive our sin and our iniquity. And iniquity means being on a crooked path. And when we repent and ask God to heal our forgiveness of the iniquity, He puts us on the right path. So it's just changing direction. It's like the Garmin, your GPS, recalculating, recalculating. So now, Lord, I break off all guilt, shame, condemnation, and every lie of the enemy for mistakes that we've made, ways that we have desecrated our holy temple. I break that off of everyone right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we just send your hand of love upon each person right now in Jesus' name. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus who strengthens us because we are forgiven. We are healed. We are blood washed in the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus that was shed for us. He was whipped with a count of nine tails. Whipped to death for us, for you. So we receive our forgiveness tonight. And we shed every voice that would say, Oh, you screwed up. There's no help for you. Look what you've done. So we say no to those voices tonight. And we cast them into the sea of the abyss in Jesus' name. Into the sea of forgetfulness. Because we are forgiven. And the Bible says our sins are as far from the east as from the west. God sees them no more. So neither shall you, beloved, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we speak healing to you tonight. Where you need an emotional healing. Where you need a physical healing. Where you need a financial healing. Where you need a mind shift healing. For your mind to be transformed and renewed to what the Bible says. That is your hope. That is your future. That is your promise of blessings. So we release that right now, the word of God to you, to your situation, no matter what it is. We buy the word of God to your situation for victory, for healing, for deliverance, for salvation, for joy, for forgiveness. Whatever it is that you need, Jesus says, come to me all who are hungry and weary, and I will feed you. And I will give you rest. 
So we declare that rest over you tonight, beloved. You are beloved of the Lord. And we release that rest of the Lord Jesus Christ on you tonight. In Jesus' name. And if you don't know the Lord and you're watching this, and you need to, to have that bread of life, you need to know peace. You need to be born again. Or recommit. Or recommit your heart to God. Just repeat after me right now. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and my iniquities. I ask that you fill me with a love and a passion for you that I've never known. Baptize me in your fire of the Holy Spirit and water. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to pray one more thing. If you have had issues in where your body's kind of out of balance on the foods that it reaches out to and you want to kind of come back in under that authority of the Holy Spirit's desires, remember His commandments are not grievous. He didn't tell me when I said, you know, I, why, why am I feeling this way when I wake up? Why am I not sleeping through the night? He didn't say, you need to go on a 40-day fast. You need to go on a macrobiotic diet. You need to do pilates. He said, just don't eat late at night. See how simple his commandments are? They're not grievous. And if you go and you just change 2% of behavior, you don't have to change 100%, just 2%, a month from now you'd be amazed at how much different it will be. And if you change it 2% the wrong direction a month from now, you're amazed at how it will be, right? So one of the things that causes us to reach out to wrong foods is the apostat in our hypothalamus gland. And God will reset your hypothalamus, your apostat, and will give you a brand new one. So it's actually right up in, you know, the top of your head if you just put it, your hand on top of your head. What will happen is God will reset your apostat. And if you have a thermostat and the apostat inside the thermostat is broken, the air conditioner will turn on. When it says, you know, 65, it'll turn on, try to bring it down to 62. And when it says, you know, 70, it'll turn it on to like 80 for the heat because the apostat's broken. You don't have a thermostat problem, it's an apostat problem. So God wants to give you a brand new apostat and reset that thing to where it won't go haywire and cause you to want to reach out to food when you're not really, your body's not hungry. So you ready? Say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord. Lord, give me a new apostat. Give me a new apostat. There it goes. Wow, I felt that go right in. Thanks. Well, that's quick, wasn't it? How many felt that? I see a hand up there. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even think mine was out of balance, but maybe it was. Reset. Reset. Amen. Well, that's, that's done. So sometimes you can pray more and it's just in the flesh, but God did that thing. Well, we're going to call it a night. So these are some of the Bibles we give out to the prisoners, Heart of America Prison Ministries. And I think we just sent out another 62. Here's like uh, what the Bibles look like. This is what we send to the prisoners. If you're, you're good enough and you qualify with an indictment, we'll get you one of these. If not, if you're on this side of the tracks and you're not in prison, wouldn't it be nice to be able to fund one of these to a prisoner? Trusty 66 between two bonded leather bonded leather uh, covers. So they cost us wholesale for a Bible that retails for $50 to $80. Cost us wholesale $30, $20 for the Bible wholesale, and about $8 to $10 with shipping and handling because these are are heavy. Cost us about six, seven, eight bucks to pack. And then also our volunteers, we want to honor them when they pack Bibles. So we bring pizza and or tacos. So cost us another buck and a half, two bucks to pack Bibles and taco or pizza food and other wrapping. So it's really about $30 with administrative cost to get a Bible to an individual prisoner, a lifetime copy of the Word. So heartprisonministries.org, H-E-R-T, H-E-A-R-T, heartprisonministries.org, it's the heart. It's the heart of America 
And it's God's heart for prisoners because he comes to set the captives free. My book, Jet Ride to Hell, Journey to Freedom, depicts the story of what God did because somebody sent me a leather Bible when I was in prison or a bonded leather Bible. And then this book was written and now hundreds of thousands of prisoners' lives have been impacted through this book that was written because I read this book and God sent me this book through a former prisoner that was in my cell who helped lead me to Jesus before he got out. And it was in response to my mother's prayers that God did that. So you can pray for the ministry. You can also put action to your prayers by helping pay for shipping, eight or ten dollars for a Bible, twenty dollars for a Bible, or thirty dollars for shipping and a Bible. And we are in the process of sending five hundred Bibles in because we've received a ten thousand dollar donation from somebody who read this book who was a civilian and wanted to pay it forward because Amen. they got set free from going the wrong direction. Amen. And now that was their gift of appreciation so that others would be off the road, jet ride to hell and on their journey to freedom. I'm David Herobedian. I'm Joanna. And we approve this message. <laughs>